Statistically, over 90% of your content won't go anywhere. So what are you supposed to do? How do you get content cut through? In this episode, I discuss a controversial view that content quantity, not quality, is something you now need to focus on. Plus, I share some Facebook page updates and tips that I guarantee will have you reaching for the edit page button in no time. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to Inbound Buzz. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, and I hope you're truly well wherever you're listening to episode number 49. I seriously can't believe we're at episode 49 already. I hope you're enjoying thus far any of the number of episodes you've heard already and the format where I essentially I rotate between an expert interview one week and a regular show monologue the other week. Let me know. You can find my contact details in the show notes. And if you so feel inclined, please leave a review on iTunes. It really does mean a whole lot. Okay, let's get straight into the show. Now, for Buzz One, I want to talk about a few pay a Facebook page layout changes and what you can do, how you can capitalize from them. Now, last year in December, you may have started to notice Facebook pages looking a little bit different. It kind of reminds me of the really old school days where you had all these tabs on the left hand side, the cover image up top, and you know the rest of the body in the middle. Now look, if I'm honest, I don't really like the new format because now you have to make that extra click on posts on the left-hand side to get to post. But I'm sure it's one of those things I guess you just get used to, right? So that's the first thing you'll notice, by the way, on your default Facebook page, so facebook.com, you know, forward slash your page, you'll have these sections on the left. The first one will be home, and then you'll have these default ones if you haven't changed them, of course, such as about, videos, photos, events, so on and so forth. Next to that, in the main body of the page, that's where things have changed the most. You have the cover photo, as you've always had up top, and now according to Facebook's latest guidelines, the image loads fastest in a JPEG with a size of 851 by 315 pixels and less than 100 kilobytes in size. Now, you don't have to remember that at all. Um, I'll link that in the show notes where you can get the latest guidelines. And look, this is something that's particularly important on mobile where things need to load fairly fast. And if you have something important that you want your audience to notice, then you're going to want your image to load in a couple of seconds. So, okay. Now, Below that, right, you'll have that image, you have that cover image, you know, spoke about the 851 by 315 pixel dimension side, a size. Now, below that you'll find, and this this order will vary, you know, slightly depending on your pages, but what I find is you'll have photos, uh, then videos underneath it, and then your most popular posts, and then your most recent posts. Now, this is a bit of a problem and this is why I personally find it annoying particularly for those pages that I go there I'm looking for the most recent po- uh, post so you know if it's a page that regularly makes announcements on Facebook if you're at an event or you're part of a community or whatever you only really go there to check the latest posts now there's all this kind of noise in the mid- in the middle of it but at least the good news is you can actually make some customizations to this new layout especially the po- the tabs on the left hand side 
And that, my friends, should be your homework within a day of listening to this episode because I know what's going to happen. Most pages are just going to leave it there by default and either have the wrong order of things or even worse, miss out on commercial opportunities. So, for instance, did you know there's actually now a shop tab that links to your shopping catalog on your website or a services tab? And if you're not careful, Facebook may turn these on for you just by default and you'll have nothing there. So it's actually pretty cool. If you're an admin of the page, then on the left-hand side, underneath all the default tabs, all the tabs you have there, you'll notice the Manage Tabs button. Click on that and you'll have the ability to reorder your tabs or add some pretty nifty tabs indeed. Now, quick tip here, because I find I found that once you actually click on Manage Tabs, you go to this new page, um, it's actually really easy to miss. You can reorder those tabs. Now, look, there is a bit of text there. It's in light gray and it's quite small that actually says, oh, you know, click and drag. But it's it's not that obvious. So keep in mind, you can actually click. And this is after you click on the manage tabs, uh, you know, option, by the way. You can actually drag the order of your tabs. And this is particularly important if you want shop up the top or you want your posts up the top. The shop one is particularly interesting because and this was really important for one of my clients who is in the e-commerce space and Facebook didn't add that by default so we actually had to turn it on now when you try to turn it on you're going to have two options the first one is message to buy and the second one is checkout on another website so the first one message to buy this is particularly you know important if you have a very very custom shopping cart or you know, one of those archaic websites that just doesn't talk to anything else. Um, you can just have a message to buy. So you can still have your products up there, but then the message to buy option lets people send you messages to ask you questions and then arrange the purchases with you later. Now, if you want something a little bit more direct, and it's particularly you know, for the e-commerce, you know, hardcore kind of e-commerce space, you can actually click a button that will take you to the checkout page. Now, this won't work on all CMSs, but if you have a CMS where, for instance, Shopify, we tried this on Shopify, worked quite well, where you can actually take a you know, checkout page, a URL, and you have a URL, you can take that and drop that onto um, Facebook if you, click, if you select the checkout on another website. And literally all someone does is they're on your Facebook page, they click, oh, you know, I wanna buy this, you know, I'll add this to my cart. It then takes them to the Shopify checkout page. That's so you know jumped through all these hoops. It's jumped through you know three or four different steps, and this could work quite well because if you have all your social proof on Facebook, that's where you have your fans interacting with you, and you have all these reviews and people commenting on your page, and you make an effort to share videos and you make an effort to share their reviews. Then this is pretty cool. Contextually, it's quite relevant because there's already a lot of social proof there. And if you are e-commerce, then check out on another website is the option for you. Now, I mentioned that Facebook gives you uh, a templated set of tabs. The thing is, you'll want to check out what the template is that they've given you. On the same Manage tab links I've asked you to check out, you'll notice Current Template. And for all the client pages we manage, most of us had the standard template, but you don't have to go for standard. If you click on the Edit button there, there's a range of templates that not only let you change your tabs, but also the primary button. So for example, you know, 
and this is still relevant for a lot of pages you when you go to a page you see the, the cover photo and underneath it you have a call to action that you can select call now or shop now or message or learn more so this is now where you can change it and depending on what you select they will change the buttons on your toolbar so for example for my agency the perfect one is professional services so if I go in there, I don't want the standard template, I actually want professional services. And when I select professional services, by default, that adds the services tab for me on the left hand side, as well as a very strong call now call to action underneath my cover photo. That's perfect. The other templates I have there, and there's a number of them, shopping, venues, restaurant, and God help you if you are one, politicians as well. So they've got all these different tabs you can select. The final tip here is once you've set these tabs up, actually spend some time to go through them and add some rich media. So add your services, add your products, link your Instagram account, upload your photos. You know, there's a whole kind of range of things you can do. If you're not going to have anything on your tab, then just turn it off and you can do that as well and get around to it to your own time. I'll also share a really handy link from Social Media Examiner that shares some best practice tips you can use. And I like to use it as a bit of a checklist, to be honest, for Facebook's new page updates. Also check out this Social Media Examiner site, by the way, if you've never checked it out, which is a fantastic resource run by the very prolific Michael Stiltzner. Check that out. Michael also has an amazing podcast. is a show of his own called The Social Media Marketing Show. Definitely check that out if you want to add another podcast your rotation particularly social media okay cool the next thing i want to talk about is still on facebook and that is a new feature you can take advantage of today and that's the ability to post 360 degree photos or you know panoramic photos or interactive photos they've been called a few things on your own personal journeys on facebook you might have noticed this where you come across a 360 photo and it instructs you to hold your phone up and move it around. So you can essentially kind of, you know, almost in a VR-like capacity, look around you. You can also obviously use your finger and drag that around, or on desktop, just click your mouse and look around you. Now, it's a really cool experiential way to immerse your fans into your brand, particularly if you're a very visual brand, if you have a storefront, right, if you're a shop, or even if you're an industrial kind of company, a B2B company, and you have a factory or a back of house anything you can do to take people into your brand, immerse them or humanize you and make you look a lot more authentic. The thing is you actually don't need a fancy VR type camera to do this. There's a big misconception out there that you need a VR kind of camera. You can actually, you know, you don't even need a smartphone app. You can just use your own panoramic photos from your very own smartphone and upload directly into Facebook, and that will act as a 360 photo. So you know that pano feature on your iPhone that you might have used once or twice when you got your phone, or you went to a beach or something? You can actually do something with it from a marketing capacity. From the iOS side, all you need is an iPhone newer than the iPhone 4S, or if you're Android inclined, anything newer than a Samsung S5 or a Note 3 apparently will do the trick for you as well. Now, this isn't exactly a new feature. It came out around last year, mid last year, but it's one of those things that brands really aren't taking advantage of. But like I said, it can work quite well, quite well if you have a storefront uh, or you're at an event or you know any sort of 360 photo that resonates with your personas. It's a great feature to take advantage of. And Facebook, if you've noticed, if you've listened to the show before, if there's features that people aren't utilizing and if they're new features, Facebook will 
push that through and it will help you get a higher reach in the news feed and therefore naturally reach your organic fans. And me personally, I love doing things that no one else is getting on top of. So check it out. If you need any further info, Facebook has a 360 photo support page, which you can find in the show notes of this episode. Get straight into today's featured buzz, the content quality versus the content quantity problem. Now, this might have changed since you last made a view on this. Definitely has changed my view, some of the new research that's that's come out. And essentially, th- this is a topic that does come up every so often. You know, do we focus on quality or do we focus on quantity? And it's, it's not as dumb as it sounds. Things has changed a fair bit in the last few months. So for a long, long time, I've always been a fan of quality. A lot of the thought leaders, in fact, like Rand Fishkin or Neil Patil, talk about the idea of the 10 times content or the skyscraper content. Now, fancy terms aside, right, the idea is to find a topic or a question and write about it it essentially in a very in-depth manner, more comprehensively than anyone else on the web. That's about it. So you do a bit of keyword research, you do a bit of, I guess, you know, qualitative research, and you write a really exhaustive piece. Now, these speaking from a lot of thought leaders out there, these speak these pieces generally take around you know, a month or so to write for these guys, just to give you an idea. Neil Patel does this very, very well, and he's known for the writing these, you know, ultimate guide to something posts. In fact, one of these posts, which I'll link in the show notes as well. Is called the ultimate guide to writing epic content that will go viral. So let's kind of just stop for a moment what he's done here. He's, fo- he's found a very, very clear problem. You know, how do you actually go viral? And he's created the ultimate guide to writing epic content that will go viral. So he's, he's covered it quite well. This post is actually around 4,300 words long. Now, you don't have to always make them that long, but data from SERP IQ definitely shows that longer posts will get more shares and I will, will fall into the top 10. So the average content length of the top 10 searches according to their study was 2,000 words. So the answer is quite simple, right? Debate over. It's quality over quantity. Well, it's actually not that simple. Yes, you still should write these in-depth articles, these, you know, call them 10 times better, 10x content or a skyscraper content. You still got to do that. But to get to that point, there's a little bit more that you need to do. So in a recent interview on a site called Conductor, Larry Kim from Wordstream spoke about his process of creating unicorn content. This is a good concept to get your head around. Unicorn content are those very few pieces of content that actually get any traction. You know, not necessarily viral, but you know, viral as well, get traction, get shares, get links, that sort of stuff. And in fact, 50% of content gets zero shares and most of the content out there is pretty crap. In this article which I'll share as well, Larry iterates that most content marketers are talking about quality over quantity but says I stick to the contrarian belief that you can't just order up two quality pieces of content because quality, and this is really really key, quality is determined by your audience once it goes out in the wild, not by you before you hit a keystroke. That's very important. Even for Larry Kim, a seasoned digital marketer, only one out of every 10 or 20 posts do remarkably well for metrics like views, 
engagement, shares, rankings, and conversions. For me, the penny really dropped when he goes on and talks about if you think that 10 out of your 10 posts are going to do remarkably well, then you're a little bit delusional or haven't done content marketing for a very long time at all. Let's stop for a moment. I know people who only write once a month, and I'll admit myself, I don't write, I do a whole heap of writing. You know, I focus on the podcast most of the time. But when I do, I like to make them long and comprehensive posts. So if one out of every 10 of these is actually going to crack it, what is the answer? What are you supposed to do? The short answer is finding a better balance between quality and quantity and letting your quantity dictate what you will write in quality. Let me expand on this. Still do those longer form quality posts, but understand that you have to accept the reality that one out of every 10 or 20 posts will actually hit your objective and will hit it well. The rest are what Larry calls unremarkable donkeys. So how do you find these unicorns in and amongst those donkeys? Three key things, right? And this is a bit of framework. This is a bit of a step-by-step process you can take. Firstly, you need to be measuring and tracking your content marketing efforts. I'll repeat, you need to be measuring and tracking your content marketing efforts. And by that, I don't mean logging into analytics now and again to check out, going into you know the behavior or site content report and saying, oh, yeah, you know, this piece of content fell in the top 10 landing pages, whoop-de-doo, or looking how many shares. I mean, actually creating a custom content marketing report. It, it is called your content marketing report. Now, because I like to keep these podcasts quite practical and I don't want to just say, oh, you know, create a report, I thought I'd give you guys advice, you know, two key things I want to suggest to get you started. The first option, and it is the cheapest and free option, is to build a content marketing performance dashboard in Google Analytics. Now, if you log into analytics, there are heaps of dashboards, actually. It's called like a solutions gallery. And there are a whole kind of range of dashboards there, not only for content, you know, for locations or products, goals, um, sources, whole bunch of stuff there, right? And you can check a link in the show notes that I'll send you. Now, that's cool. But if you're a medium-sized business, you should consider investing in a dashboard tool like Clipfolio. Now, there's a whole heap out there. I'm not sponsored by Clipfolio. I don't get a, there's no affiliate link I'm going to share with you. Um, but this is a pretty cool, pretty simple one that I've seen. Now, again, in the show notes, I will share for you the Clipfolio template. And you can actually click on this thing and see all the different metrics. Now, these are the types of metrics you'll find. You'll see things like, and this might actually kind of geek you out a fair bit. I'm looking at this now. How many people recently subscribed to your blog? And also overall. What posts bring the most traffic? What opportunities do I have to improve my rankings on Google and so on? And this starts at around $24 a month. So again, if you're a medium-sized business, you should consider investing in something like a Clipfolio. So there's two measurement options I've shared with you. You can check out some uh, templates, some uh, dashboard templates from the Solutions Gallery or something like a Clipfolio. But a quick piece of pragmatic advice for you. If you're not used to jumping in and out of data, you will need to engage an expert to at least set this up for you. You know, share your business case, what are the kind of things you want to see, and invest in getting an expert to set this up. Whether it's Clipfolio or a dashboard, 
you still need to configure some things. In this dashboard, for example, you need to tell it what are the content pages. So there might be pages you want to exclude from this report and you need to tell it what goals that you want to include. So a little bit of intermediate configuration you will have to do. Now, how do you find these content unicorns? So if data was the first thing, and I went to data because most people I speak to don't have these reports set up, and that's okay, most people don't. The second thing is finding your content marketing unicorns in the data. Now this content, you might need to look back you know, the last month, or sometimes even if you're doing content a fair bit, it, it is worth looking back for the last quarter because it will take time for your content to naturally get out in the wild and for Google to start picking it up. So I'd recommend looking at the last three months of data and look at the content with the most shares. And if you set this up properly, you'll be able to see within your analytics or dashboard, the content with the most shares, with the most views, with the most goal completions. Now your goal completions could be macro goals like leads or sales and you know, woohoo if that kind of happens for you. Or it could be micro goals like newsletter signups or somebody visiting four or five sales pages, for instance. Granted, once you set up your measurement, you might be looking for the least worst content, you know, particularly if you haven't been doing it for a while, and that's okay as well, but at least you know the areas you need to improve, the stuff that no one's really looking at. There's nothing wrong with that. Most new blogs will need around 12 to 18 months of consistency to start picking up some real steam, but really content marketing brings you some of the cheapest cost per leads out there. Good luck trying to convince someone, hey boss, look, we've got to do this for 12 to 18 months before we get a dollar back. That's why you need to invest in some promotional budgets, you know, whether it's on Facebook or using a content distribution network like Outbrain. Doing this data exercise, finding those best content or least worst content will help you figure out what you need to promote. So the first thing was having content measurement visibility. Second thing was finding those unicorn. The third thing is doubling down and creating what Larry Kim calls unicorn babies. Now I'm not talking about some mystical fetish. What I'm talking about is taking your best piece of content and turning into 10 or 20 pieces of content. Because what you do is you de-risk content creation as these derivative pieces will likely do very well as well. As well. So in the past, I've called this hub and spoke content, a term I first learned from Arnie Kuhn. And the idea here is essentially the same. Take that piece of content and turn it into a video shot. You know, put it on a tripod, shoot with your iPhone, or pay a freelancer on Fiverr to turn that article into an infographic. Consider a webinar. Or if you want to stick to writing, that's fine as well. Take one or two key points in that article and turn it into a series. So the thing is to find these unicorns, you you need to think about quantity. Okay, there's no other way to find this great content. Larry Kim even needs 19 pieces of donkey content before he finds his gold. Even the amazing Steve Rayson from BuzzSumo, we had him on on episode 27, said in a new article just last month, I think whilst it's true that content will take a wider range of forms, including interactive content, the future is not less content, but quite the opposite. In his view and in the data that he, because all these posts come with great data, he finds that there is no indication that we have reached peak content, which really surprised me. Content is expected to double this year. Content creation is, is expected to double in 2017. And even sites like the Washington Post now use robots to automate 
some of their articles, and they did this for Rio last year. So I think for those of us, you know, most of us, who can't afford content writing robots, it is quite clear. Outsource or internally hire resource to churn out content on a weekly basis and find your right quantity mix. It might be one written post, three shared posts, one 30-second video a week, right? One really long in-depth article a month. And here is another hack. Sure, you can't do what Larry Kim does and write 19 pieces of content, but this is the hack. You need quantity, right? The thing is, it doesn't have to be all yours. A personal tip from myself is I curate a lot of stuff. Right, so I link out a lot of stuff, particularly on Twitter. And if you check my Twitter, I'm tweeting about three or four times a day. And this could be a day where I'm not even, you know, I could be in the plane all day. How I do that is I use automation. So check out Recur Post. I talk about Recur Post in episode 47. Check out um, that episode if you want to know more about some of my tips there. But what I'll often do is I'll look at the tweets I'm sharing from other people. And every so often I'll get a tweet that gets 10 likes and 10 shares and I kid you not I've been doing this for a little while sometimes you just can't guess what will go viral quality again is dictated when it goes out in the wild so that for me is market research for what I'll often talk about on this podcast or what I'll write about or what I'll have on my Facebook live show about so next time you need to explain the quantity versus quality uh, kind of question the answer is both you need to find that quantity to find the quality unicorns because 90 to 95 percent of your content will be donkeys and that's okay because it's the same for everyone else on that note i'll let you go we're back with another fantastic episode for uh, another a fantastic interview for episode number 50 you are going to love this man a bit of a tip he was voted the number one the number one most influential digital marketer of 2016. We're very, very lucky to have him, so check him out. If you want to hit me up, you can hit me up on Twitter at Moby Sadiq or find my contact details in the show notes. So, hope you have a fantastic week ahead, and I'll join you again for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.